Hello, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for asking. I am back in the office today and I can't tell you how much fun this is. Not everybody is an extrovert like me. Not everybody gets their energy from this, but even if you're a little introverted, I can't tell you how nice it is to just get in the elevator and see old friends and see new faces and meet new people, make eye contact, share, you know, the the crummy office coffee that you think you need at uh, one o'clock PM and you don't, and it's going to keep you up later. It's just fun to be back in a situation where there's, there's stuff going on and there's momentum, there's energy. It was a long pandemic and it is so nice to just be around people and have some semblance of normalcy and go out to lunch and, and even the smell of a printer. There was something printing paper earlier. I was like, I haven't smelled that smell in forever. You know, when you walk by the copy room and it's just hot, something is being printed. A bunch of trees are being killed. They were already killed. I was like, just even the the smells and the sounds and people have their headphones on, but they look look at you when you walk by and they smile. It's it's nice. I'm having a blast. I'm not getting a lot done because I'm having so much fun being in the office, but I'm in timeout to record this episode for you because I've been dying to record this for you for weeks. It's been on my mind. Sometimes I want to get an episode just right though. And I will tell you, I will share my mantra for this year is move forward imperfectly. It's from a book called Finish by John Acuff. He is, first of all, I do the audible version because if I read a book, I'll fall asleep because I have small children. I'm so tired. But John is such a funny author because he writes how he talks and he gives such practical advice for in this book called Finish, cutting your goals in half, you know, setting your milestones realistically, making sure it's actually a goal you want to work on. But he had a chapter called all about the the perfectionist in all of us. And I think in HR and people ops, specifically with onboarding, you're like, well, it's, I know it's terrible, but I really want to fix it and make it perfect. So I'll work on onboarding one day. And that's just no way to go through your career because onboarding is never going to be perfect. Today's episode is not about onboarding, by the way, I'm just ranting before we get started. I am just loving this book, this whole chapter he had on perfectionism and how it gets so loud before you make small progress on something. And sometimes I do that with the show. I have been sitting on this topic for weeks, maybe more than a month, because I wanted to research the heck out of it and really get my feelings around it. But that doesn't have to be the case. I could just record the episode. And if I have other thoughts, I'll record another episode. You all aren't going anywhere and neither am I. Move forward imperfectly, you know, and similar but different phrase that I love is done is better than perfect. My boss and I have been saying that lately. My boss, Andrew, he and I are a two-person marketing team bringing you this podcast, all the webinars, sometimes blog content when we can get to it, video ads. You'll see us a lot on LinkedIn lately, Pingboard and my face talking about all the things. (laughs) That's new for me too. Just know that if you're seeing a lot of me, even I'm like, oh, this is a lot of me. Hopefully you guys are enjoying the content and I try to have fun with it and entertain you. And he and I are also writing emails and nurture strategy and the backside ops stuff of like, you know, this, the show is brought to you by a company called Pingboard, where the employee experience platform for growing companies like you. And this podcast is such a small sliver of my job, which is why sometimes I just want to get the message just right. I have a vision for this show, but it keeps me from executing sometimes. So if you needed to hear that, I hope that's helpful. Move forward imperfectly. Whether it's you need to tweak something with onboarding, just tweak a small piece of it. You don't have to rip out the whole engine and get put in a new engine. So today I want to talk about the difference between employee experience and employee engagement because they're not the same thing. 
And you'll see companies just throw it around willy-nilly, or your CEO might say, what are you doing to drive engagement? What's your plan to fix engagement? It might not be clear necessarily to you, and that's okay because they are so similar sounding and they're used so interchangeably, but they're not the same. So let's just start with two definitions. Employee experience is the journey that an employee takes with your company. It's the big and the little moments and every little interaction from the moment they begin interviewing with your company all the way through to their exit interview. And it's the little tinier things like, did they get their laptop on time? What was the first day of their onboarding like? What was their first meeting with their manager like? What are the dynamics like on their team? What are team meetings like? Are they efficient? Do they have time in their day to take a break? It's literally every second, start the clock from the moment they start interviewing through when they leave. However many seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, years, that is the employee journey. Employee engagement is an output of the employee experience. Employee engagement is the emotional connection that an employee has to your company. It's their want to go above and beyond because they care deeply about their work and the team that they're on and they believe in the mission of your company. It's them wanting to optimize and fix processes and do better and grow. It's measured by engagement surveys. And it's it's really a, a measurement of sentiment. Like, are our people dialed in? Do they care or are they quiet quitting? Which is a workplace of apathetic zombies, you know, collecting a paycheck and just doing the bare minimum just to get by because they don't care. That's not what you want. That's expensive for your business to have a not dialed in workforce. Those people aren't making the company better. They are kind of just adding dead weight. And you are trying to figure out why everyone's voluntarily leaving or why productivity is low and why engagement's low. So employee experience is the journey. Employee engagement is the output and it's a spectrum. You'll hear employee experience be called EX. So when you say deliver a better EX, you're talking about delivering a better employee experience. That means focusing on the little moments that lead to an engaged employee. That doesn't mean because you focus on a EX, you will have an engaged employee. You can work on the employee experience all you want, but if you're not working on the right things, or if you're not listening to your employees with surveys or asking the right questions in your surveys, I have a lot of content on that. You're not going to get the output you want of a highly engaged employee. You'll get the output of a not engaged employee. But EX, employee experience, I don't know why there's no abbreviation for engagement. It could be EG or EE. I don't know why is, why do we abbreviate one and not the other? Maybe we should start. We can form a little club. And then one day when it becomes a buzz term, we can say it started here. So employee experience is the journey an employee takes with your company. Every little moment in between from when they start to when they leave. And then employee engagement is the output of the employee experience. You will always have an output. It's just if they're highly engaged or not highly engaged. So when your CEO is like, what's your plan to fix engagement? They mean well, but this is a chance for you to really show that you know your stuff. Your answer is, we need to optimize the employee experience so that our people can feel more engaged. We get there by listening to them and being very dialed into what they're saying in our surveys so that we can build trust over time and show them that we are a people first company. So we're going to drive engagement by optimizing the employee experience, like redirect them to use the terms correctly. And they'll appreciate that about you. Maybe they'll be like, Oh, whatever. Well, that's interesting. And I hope that doesn't happen to you, but I bet a good CEO would be like, Oh, you're right. Oh, and then they're thinking, oh, I'm so glad we hired this person. Then if, but if they're like, okay, but what are we doing to drive engagement? Then your answer can, can go a little deeper. And you're going to say, well, what's next to optimize on our employee experience? 
is we're implementing a peer recognition program because people said they don't feel appreciated. Whatever your solution is, I have a whole episode on the employee hierarchy of needs and another episode on engagement surveys and the different types of surveys. Your employee engagement surveys will tell you where your where your people are struggling or where your employee experiences has missing or broken moments. And then as you identify problem areas, the employee hierarchy of needs will reveal where you should focus your energy first because engagement surveys come back with a lot of feelings. That's the therapy session format where employees share all the things and you're like, oh my God, this is so much data. But once you bucket it and see the patterns against those 12 questions that we get from Gallup, you can make sure that you're not working on making sure people feel like they're growing before fixing the tools and systems that need to be in place. Because no one can grow if the project management tool or the, the software that you use is a huge barrier and an annoyance to your employees. They, they can't grow. They're not going to have a good day if this tool is making them nuts. So Check out those episodes if you want to get started and, and go deeper on some of that. But when you get your CEO and your executive leadership team to really understand the semantics and the nuance there of employee experience versus engagement, the closer they can partner with you to help move the needle because they're going to understand that one leads to the other. When the CEO or someone asks you, what's your plan to drive engagement? If, if they give you a, a war cry, <laughs> we're going to drive engagement. That's just like them saying, we're going to go to Mars. And you're like, cool, I'm for that. That seems like a great idea. And I'm excited too. But there's a lot that needs to happen in between this moment right now and us just being on Mars. We don't just have an engaged workforce overnight. We don't just guess what we what our people need or start talking about it in all hands, but not doing anything to optimize our employee experience. You don't, you don't get to Mars by wanting to be there. You don't get to Mars by talking about getting to Mars. You get to Mars by building a rocket and optimizing your rocket and making sure that it is ready to go to transport everybody where you're trying to go. So again, in this example, like when the CEO is like, I want to go to Mars, you can be like, great, I'm here for that. There are lots of teams that need to work together to build this rocket. We need all the right parts. Everything needs to happen on a time frame in the right order. You can't put the top of a rocket that doesn't have a base. That's why you don't implement growth programs and career development when you don't have the right tools and systems in place first. So we're going to build this rocket. But guess what? Then we need to communicate to the people that are going to be in it, make sure they're safe and have the right gear. We're going to make sure the people who are flying it know how to fly it. We're going to make sure everybody knows all the safety protocol, what to expect when they get there, and just generally make sure the rocket's safe. Otherwise, nobody's going to want to fly on it. Or we're going to fly on it and we're not going to make it. <laughs> so instead of, let's go to Mars, your CEO should be asking, how's it going building that rocket to get us to Mars? They should begin to think more in terms of how's it going with your latest initiative to optimize the employee experience so that we can have an engaged workforce. It's really important for you all to understand and for you to drive this point home too to your executives. You don't drive engagement by paying people more money. We saw this with Apple and all the other big logos during the, the COVID pandemic. A signing bonus doesn't make someone deeply committed to your organization. So throwing money at the problem, most companies can't afford to do that. So that's probably not on the table for you anyway. But if it is, that's not going to fix anything. That's just a temporary way to keep people who are going to quit anyway. Employees want jobs that fit their lifestyle. They want opportunities to learn and grow and connect. Engagement comes mostly from relationships, which is tricky because you have to measure it in a very black and white way. But it's really just making sure everyone's emotional needs are being met. A sense of community, a sense of belonging, a sense of trust, respect, that your manager cares about you as a person and is invested in making sure that you're in the right role and that you're 
excelling in the in your career the way that you wanted to and that you're listened to that your opinion matters these are all questions that i've i've outlined in a different episode about engagement surveys it's not perks or incentives it's not we do a grubhub gift card every week so everyone can have lunch we have silly hat day and virtual happy hours and our people are disengaged and we just don't know why well, it's because you're like throwing a party in a house with just confetti and there's no table or chairs. There's no music. There's no, there's no games. There's no laughter. Everyone's just kind of standing there throwing confetti and everyone's staring in a different corner. You don't need confetti to throw a party. That's a nice to have. You don't need Grubhub gift cards or virtual happy hours. Actually, I think those are a huge waste of time. And as a working parent, I get a little frustrated when I get invited to stuff that sounds cool. And I know all the single people and the people without kids are going to go. And the few working parents that have a supportive partner, if they're lucky to have one, can sure, I'll watch the kids while you go have a virtual happy hour. Have fun. I'll be with the kids. And then you feel guilty. And you're like, what am I doing? That stuff really isn't, that is not what drives engagement. That's like the confetti at a party. Do you need confetti at a party? No, it's fun. It could be a little exciting. Like, oh my gosh, there's confetti. That's messy. That was very unnecessary, but that was fun. No, a party is like, Having all the other pieces I mentioned, you need somewhere for everyone to sit. You need music. You need a way to people for people to connect and you need food and drinks and a sense of like belonging and, and being part of a group and you need to have fun. And even better if you have a really in-depth conversation with someone and you connect with them and you're like, oh, I learned about this new book I want to read. This person told me about this. I've never heard about this. That's what you need to be working on is the other details of the party. Not, well, we're throwing confetti in the air and everyone's leaving the party. It's like, well, yeah, because they're starving and they're bored. I'm not saying starve in this party metaphor, they're hungry for food, but like these, your employees are hungry for personal growth. They're hungry for connection. They're hungry for a greater purpose. Oh, that one got deep, but it's true. Here's another fun way of putting it. That's party focused, but more specific. Think of employee experience like a cake. The process of baking a cake is the employee experience. It's every little moment and ingredient and every little thing that's just so to get the chemistry of the cake to come together in a certain way. If you follow the ingredients because you had the recipe, you like listened to the recipe. See where I'm going with this? You listen to your people through your surveys. You're like, yes, you need this, dot, 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 dot. You're going to bake a great cake. You could put sprinkles on top of it. Sure. That's like the Grubhub gift cards and the virtual happy hours. Fine. If you must have sprinkles on your cake, great. But you can't just put sprinkles on a plate and be like, look, it's a cake. No, there's nothing there. There's no substance. Also to that point, if you try to make a cake with pickles and mayonnaise and weird ingredients, that's an employee experience that's not optimized and you've got a recipe right next to you, but you're like, no, 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 I got this. Or like, I generally know what they need. And you keep trying to make this cake with mayonnaise and ketchup and pickles and you put it in the oven and it comes out and everyone's like, oh my God, what is this pickle ketchup mustard mayonnaise cake? I have to go. I'm good. I don't want to even really watch you cut this open. You know, that's the output. The output of that cake coming out gross is a disengaged employee metaphor. <laughs> Are you tracking with me? I think we've hit four great metaphors in this episode. You want to follow the recipe, listen to your people, use the right ingredients, do things in the right order because you're following the employee hierarchy of needs. You don't mix together the frosting with the flour before it's baked. You do the frosting after the cake is baked. Same with making sure the tools and the systems are in place so that you can make sure people feel like they have a path to grow. Get it? 
layers. Layers, levels, hierarchy. I will link out in the show notes to the employee hierarchy of needs, the 12 questions that you should ask in a engagement survey to avoid question fatigue, but still get a very clear picture of where your employee experience is broken. You've got a bunch of metaphors now. Employee experience is like building the rocket. Employee engagement is like, did you get to Mars? If people are being paid to stare at a cake that's made of pickles and onions and mayonnaise, some people will stay. That's called quite quitting. They're like, whatever. Either they don't have any other options or they're they're just fine. This, this doesn't make them excited, but they're like, I guess, <laughs> cool cake. And then they just don't think about it anymore because it's not very exciting. It's not very substantial and it just doesn't scratch any itch of greater purpose. But if you bake this amazing, beautiful 13 tier cake. And you can do this on any team size or budget or bandwidth. So I'm not saying you need to throw money at this problem. You just need to get creative with your solutions. You bake a 13 tier cake with a waterfall in it. Sure. Put some sprinkles on it. That's fine. And then everyone's going to gather around it and be like, look at this cake. That's ours. This is ours. It's beautiful. Let's cut into it. Is it as good as it looks? cut into it, take a bite. Oh my God, this is the best cake I've ever had. I'll just wrap this up to say employee experience and employee engagement are not interchangeable, but they are very closely related. And one leads to the good or bad output of the other. Employee experience, when you work on it, leads to a more engaged workforce. Employee experience that you don't work on leads to a very disengaged, quiet quitting, high turnover workforce, low productivity, bad, bad, bad. And when I say you don't need a bunch of money or budget to fix all this, I really mean it. It's it's getting really good at surveys and figuring out what your people need. No, you can't just buy all the new software and get everyone hoodies and host parties and fly everyone in for get togethers. I get it. But the answers really are all with your people. They will tell you what they need after you build trust with them over time. You do that by regularly asking them what they need, trying to optimize. I have a a webinar, by the way, I should be plugging this whole time. My upcoming webinar will contain solutions to common EX problems. I'm going to walk you through the 12 employee needs of the the hierarchy I keep mentioning. And I'm going to say, if you scored low on this category, this is what you should be thinking of. If you scored low on this category, this is what you should be thinking of. Sometimes you just need another perspective to figure out A, what to work on first, but B, what does it look like to optimize it at that level? It's one thing to get the data. Do you see how much has to go right? You have to build the right survey, ask the right questions, get everyone to take it, get the data, analyze the data, know enough about the employee hierarchy of needs to figure out what to work on first. Then you're not done. You have to think of creative solutions and think through what does this look like to do better? What are our options? Because it's not just, oh, we need a new software. Well, do we, or did we lack training or is it a management problem and people need regular, you know, check-ins on how this tool is going, or we need to all align on goals and how are we using it? What are we using it for? And that's really the, the creative fun part is once you get the data, put on your creative hat, like, okay, what are all the ways we could solve for this? And it's hard because your job is very busy. You own a lot of pieces of the business, like payroll, compliance, benefits, all that other stuff. It can be hard to carve out the time to be like, let's think of all the solutions. Like you really should try to come up with a bunch of ideas so that you're not just like, um, people don't feel appreciated peer recognition program. Like what are the other ways you could do it? That's what my webinar will walk you through. So getting really good at surveys is the part of listening to your people. That is, you know, how you fix the employee experience, getting creative and thinking through all the ways to solve for the problems. There's no right or wrong answers. 
that's how life works, right? Like you have so many choices in a day. There's so many ways you could optimize the employee experience. I think a really fun way to kick off a big brainstorming session for, okay, we realize X thing is a problem in our organization. Let's say people don't feel like they belong at our company. You come up with really ridiculous ideas first. This is a marketing hack, like get the creativity juices flowing. What's the worst idea we could implement? People don't feel like they belong. Okay, let's let's put them all in Velcro suits and glue them all together. Then they'll feel like they belong because they're literally attached to each other. Okay, obviously we're not going to do that. Well, we haven't done any volunteering in a while. And maybe if we found common interests on volunteering and gave people half a day off, they might feel like they're bonding with people. Okay, that's actually not really belonging, but you're right. We also, we haven't done volunteering in a while. We should, we should revisit that. Are managers holding one-on-ones? Uh, some of them are, but not all of them. Okay, we should maybe look into a manager workshop about one-on-ones. Spoiler alert, I have a bunch of one-on-ones content coming in March. So look out for that. Lots of webinars too. Belonging. Maybe people on teams are feeling like all they do is talk about work and we need to do something creative to get people to bond outside of a work setting. Maybe we could do some research on how other companies have done this well. Uh, let's reach out to companies of larger organizations. Let's reach out to like five pe- five chief happiness officers or VP of people at We'll each reach out to five people and just say, hey, we're seeing this issue at our organization. How have you solved for it in the past? Maybe we'll get some creative ideas from them that we're not even thinking of. I highly recommend that, by the way. Just ask other people in the HR community. They're so helpful and so nice. People love to help with this stuff. You know, do you see what I mean? Start with a terrible idea and then you're like, okay, work your way back to what's realistic and what we're actually solving for. I gave you all that advice in the beginning about move forward imperfectly. Done is better than perfect. I will leave you with... Remember to have fun because the problem solving part can get very frantic because you're very busy. That's actually the human and the fun side of your job. And that's the part that I know you all love, most of you, is seeing your people thrive, creating a a situation where there really is a sense of community and it's palpable. You can feel it. You can sense it. There's momentum created. There's joy. There's authenticity. Remember to have fun. And when things feel too big, break it down. Reach out to other leaders in your space. People will help you. Reach out to me if you have questions or need ideas. It's not all on your shoulders to fix engagement, but you can deliver a better employee experience and create a more engaged workforce by getting really good at surveys and getting really creative with your solutions to the problems found in the surveys. Employee experience is not the same as employee engagement. That was the lesson today. Remember to have fun and remember to move forward imperfectly. I am so motivational today. Have empathy for yourself because your job is really hard and really work with your CEO and other leaders at your company to get them to understand the difference between employee experience and employee engagement so that when you're asked to do all the things like plan the company holiday party, stop doing that, by the way, you can say, is that more important than me optimizing the employee experience, which will studies have shown, I'll link out to it in the show notes. It increases productivity, reduces voluntary turnover creates a more engaged workforce, is better for our branding, and it drives revenue. You are the ultimate revenue lever that a company can pull, the HR and the people ops discipline. Your job is to make sure everybody is set up to be as successful as possible and to thrive and to stay because turnover is expensive. Quiet quitting is expensive. Both have serious consequences. So when you're asked to do too much, say, let's talk about Growing our headcount. And if we can't do that, I have to say no to something. What is more important, me getting hotels for everybody 
Or can we hire someone to do that as a contractor? And then I will focus where I should be on the employee experience, setting our employees up so that they can have the greatest possible success at our company. They win, we win, customers win, and I'm not pulling my hair out trying to do both. I don't want to get burned out. It won't make me creative at the problem solving part of delivering a better employee experience so that our employees can be more engaged. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it was helpful. Let me know. And if you're watching on YouTube, let me know what you think about these metaphors I used, or did you already know the difference between employee experience or employee engagement? Follow me on TikTok at Corporate Christie. I'm always spoofing a day in the life of whatever we're doing that we call work. You can follow me on LinkedIn. I'm always posting the latest webinar that I'm hosting. That always comes with a lot of great templates and content. And I always give you the slides and I build them in a way that you can use them with your executive team. So my slides become your slides to make your job easier and get people to understand why is your job so hard? Why is it so hard to drive engagement? Well, because da 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 da. So thanks for listening to the show. I just really enjoy hearing from all of you. So you can always feel free to reach out and I'll be here to uh, chitty chat anytime. Bye.